I want to direct your attention to the book of Psalms. We're going to kind of we're going to kind of wind it down a little bit here this morning. The Bible said that a wise scribe brings forth both things old and new. This is something that I have talked about before, but I just just could not get away from this. So we're going to talk about this. Next Sunday, Brother Cody Marks, amazing, God-called, God-gifted evangelist will be preaching here. And um, I think we need to... I, if I show up for outreach, how many will help me outreach on Saturday? Can I see a show of hands real quick? Oh, come on. Two hours on Saturday morning to reach out to people. Okay. 10 o'clock good, everybody? 10 o'clock good? Krispy Kreme okay? You don't want to say you're standing right next to your wife. She probably figures, you know, I think my husband's eating donuts on the side. I do. The secret is out. I go through Krispy Kreme. And um, in fact, somebody caught me going through Krispy Kreme. And I thought, I'm glad I didn't tell anybody I was fasting today. I wouldn't do that anyway, but you understand what I'm saying. All right. Psalm 25. Everybody smile. good day to be alive. We're going to see things. We are going to see things that God's people through the ages have longed to be a part of, and it's going to be you and I. Never been more excited in all my life. Psalm 25, and we're going to start reading in verse number 7. Everybody bring your Bibles to church. Amen. Verse 7, remember not the sins of my youth. Now, this is a psalm of David, okay? He is historically, spiritually, biblically, and in every way the greatest king in the history of the nation of Israel. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions, according to to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Skipping down to verse number 11. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease. And his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. I believe that word fear there means reverence, revere, respect. And he will show them his covenant. I want to talk to us for a few moments this morning about the secret 
of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for this great host of people that is here today, those that are visiting with us. God, we're delighted that they're here. We pray that you'll open up all of our understanding that we would understand the Word of God, the things of God that are freely given to us. And as David said, let us behold wondrous things out of thy law. We ask it in the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. They are... They are telling us that we are in the midst of an epidemic of loneliness. How can that be? How can people in Western civilization, modernized culture, be in the midst of an epidemic of loneliness. The study done as recently as 2020 revealed this 36% of all Americans and 61% of young adults feel serious loneliness. And when I talk about loneliness, we're probably talking about the isolation of the soul. 36% of all Americans and 61% of young adults. Interestingly, it can become the source of both physiological problems and emotional problems such as depression, anxiety, heart disease, substance abuse, and early mortality. Now, this is... This is where it gets really interesting. That we are living in the age of social media, 85% of Americans own a smartphone. Okay? But keep in mind, with all those smartphones, even though you can do a multiplicity of things with them, Americans are experiencing an epidemic of loneliness. 70% of all Americans are on social media, one form or another. That would, I, I don't even know all the different formats, but suffice it to say that even with smartphones where people you could call anywhere in the world, you can reach out on several different mediums and platforms and make contact with anybody, that Western culture is suffering from an epidemic of loneliness. And it's simply because, just because you can reach out and connect does not mean that there is intimacy. We are in an epidemic of the lack of intimacy. Pastor, what does that mean? I'm not sure what that means. Except that you can do a lot of things through a text message that people would feel very uncomfortable doing face-to-face. -face. And so text messaging has become the choice. 
and it has created an epidemic of loneliness. You have to appreciate this morning the Word of God on many different fronts. In conjunction with what I'm going to talk about here um, this morning, I appreciate the fact that God does not try to gloss over things. God does not try to hide things. God does not try to gloss over things. God does not try to varnish or veneer or make things pretty that are otherwise. God is a realist. And the word of God lays bare reality. Everybody said reality. I'm going to tell you, in the, in the 21st century, reality is becoming, is becoming, is shrinking. I don't have time to get into this. I'm going to talk about this in several weeks in the future, how that the mentality of our world is absolutely rapidly changing right before our eyes um, and it's a fulfillment of Romans chapter number one. I don't have time to get into that this morning, but it is absolutely taking place. But here is the greatest king, the greatest. Um, let's qualify that. When we talk about the greatest, we're talking about a man after God's own heart. God said he was a man after his own heart. He was the greatest warrior, not just because he defeated Goliath, and that would be enough to give him accolades and kudos, but he was a military statistician. He was a strategic military man. Um, he was a musician. He was a psalmist par excellente. He understood the presence of God. He knew how to get into the presence of God. He prophesied. In fact, much of the Psalms that are written are prophetical. They, they have incredible, far-reaching, biblical, prophetical implications. So David prophesied. David was a psalmist. David was a musician. David uh, was a pursuer after the heart of God. He was a leader par excellente. And we all know that, and we glean that from the Word of God. But the Word of God also reveals to us that David was a sinner. It did not hide the fact that David was a sinner. For example, David mentions the kaleidoscope of sinful actions and proclivities of mankind more than anybody else in the Old Testament. He mentioned sin, sins, or sinner 30 times. He mentioned iniquity and iniquity 60 times. He mentioned transgression and transgressions 14 times. Okay, what do those things mean? Transgression literally means rebellion or trespass. It is a serious offense against God. Iniquity are sins that represent mischief, perversity, moral evils, presumption, 
David mentioned that 60 times. Sin means to miss the mark. It means to fail the perfect will of God, God's desire for us, for our lives. David mentioned that 30 times. And in our reading here this morning, in Psalm 25, he said, Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. He said in verse number 11, For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. And so not only, I've already mentioned this, but I'm going to be redundant for the sake of making a point here. Not only was David the greatest, in fact, there, that when you talk about fulfilled prophecy, David is, is all the way through the New Testament. He's even, he's even referred to in Acts chapter number two through the apostle Peter's preaching. But David was a sinner. The good news is, is Jesus came to seek sinners. We got any sinners in the house? I'm glad that God doesn't veneer. I'm glad that God doesn't cover. I'm glad that God doesn't try to whitewash. I'm glad that God doesn't try to gloss over it because there is a remedy for sin. Oh, come on, let's take a minute and clap our hands and give God the praise. Oh, David is 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 probably been talked about in millions of Sunday school lessons this month. And we as human beings, because we look on the outward, we all want to put our best foot forward, and, and I feel like we should. But God looks on the inward. And that's really where it's at. Sins, transgressions, iniquities encompass man's fallen propensity and predilection before God. As I've already mentioned, David doesn't hide the fact that he needed forgiveness. In fact, look at Psalm 69 and 5. O oh God, thou knowest my foolishness, my sins are not hid from thee. That is a critical juncture in this message here today because David had the revelation that it's not going to do me any good to try to hide my sins. Are y'all here this morning? You can just sit there and listen. That's fine. But I want to make sure you're paying attention because I'm reaching for everybody. David could bring down a giant. David could 
could not slay the Lord's anointed, though he had the opportunity to do so. David had all kinds of exploits. David was, there was unlike anybody before him and there was unlike anybody after him. But David had an understanding. I am a sinner. And it is foolishness to try to hide my sins from God. said in Psalms 32 and 5, I acknowledge my sin unto thee and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. David understood the secret of the Lord. David understood that that is not gonna disqualify me if I stay honest and intimate from my heart to yours, this is the religion killer. Because religion tries to shine it up on the outside. Religion puts a suit and a tie on and says, this is really where I'm at. And both God and the devil both rib each other and say, I know right where that guy's at. And the longer you keep from being honest about where you're really at, you give power to the devil. But if you'll get open to God, God says, I understand that. Keep going forward. Let's take a moment and praise him. Let's take a moment and get real. Let's say, some of you probably came to church today thinking, well, I'm, I'm really a good person. No, you ain't. You're right. Your righteousness is just filthy rags, just like mine are. But there is a God that is more interested in intimacy and honesty and integrity. Clap your hands and give him praise. Prayer found in Psalm 51 is considered by many to be the greatest prayer that David ever prayed. Maybe any person in the Old Testament ever prayed. It's where David feels the weight of his sin before God. He commits adultery with another man's wife and then in an attempt to cover his tracks has the other man that was one of his mighty men killed. David violated his own military acumen by placing a man too close to the wall. That was, that was forbidden according to military strategy. You stay away from the wall. But he placed this man close enough to the wall that he would be killed. God saw that. God saw the adultery. God saw the murder. God saw that he went for 12 months while he was playing the hypocrite, putting on royal garmentation, 
And then David would say in one of the Psalms, because he, he was not right with God and he knew he wasn't right with God, that my bones roared in the night. There was no soundness. There was no peace. There was no, there was no, he was, he was constantly uh, tossing and turning and writhing with a guilty conscience. And because David went for a whole year playing the hypocrite, God put David out of his misery by sending the prophet to him. And the prophet Nathan came to David and said that thou art the man. And Psalm 51 is a result of David finally getting honest So you've got murder, which is an offense against one of the Ten Commandments. You have adultery, that is a capital offense against one of the Ten Commandments. David coveted after another man's wife, which is another capital offense according to the Ten Commandments. You tell me how! God could still use him as a king, shh, it's the secret of the Lord. I hope this doesn't do one of these to you today because this is for every single human being that really wants to live for God. How could God continue to keep a king on the throne that committed adultery with another man's wife and then killed the man, had the man killed. Shh. It's a secret. I'm just going to go ahead and praise him. You're welcome to join me here this morning. Our failures don't surprise God. What hurts God is that we won't be honest with him when he's already paid the price. Let's just spend a little time here right now. I'm still trying to get through our impenetrable religiosity. This is not a church of perfection. This is a church of reality. David had a revelation. And the reason why God sent the prophet is because David quit coming to God and being intimate. See, there's, you have to live for God 
you have to be serious about this to get to that level. It can't just be, well, I want to go and I want to feel something today. And that is, that is immature spirituality 101. And if you're brand new, that's fine. I was there. There's sometimes I want to come here and I want to, I, I want to feel things. I, but, but I have to be more realistic with that, that I may, not, I may not feel what I want to feel, but that does not determine that I'm going to live for God or not. You have to live for God long enough to know. You have to spend time with God long enough that you've established a relationship with him that is not around the dining room table and not in a mall and not in the garage and not out in the woods, but it's just you and your God all by yourself and you and your Let's clap our hands and give God the praise right now. Hold on. Mr. Ambassador, where'd you get that suit? He got it from a thrift store. Which one? All right, the secret's out. Pastor, we didn't hear him. I'm not going to say. If you're finding suits like that at a thrift store, we need to give up on Nordstrom's. You hear me? We need to get back to thrifting. Some of these young men around here be looking fine because they've been biding their time. I got a feeling we're going to be we're going to have some weddings around here. Why not? Pastor, what about me? Just dig in and wait on God. See, if God gave you what you wanted at the level of carnality where you really are, you'd live the rest of your life in utter frustration. God's waiting for you to get spiritual so he can give you a girl that's at the... Is this all right? If God gave you what you want because you are so impetuous and impatient, you're going to be frustrated. Instead of saying, God, I want to get to know you. I want to get deeper with you. I want to walk with God. And give me a girl that walks with God. Go ahead and clap your hands. Go ahead and lift your voice. Somebody go ahead and give him praise. You better hope God doesn't give you. Pastor, would you go back to preaching your message? Yes, I will. This is good anyhow. I'm trying to save doing a bunch of marriage counseling in the future. Some of you guys, you got your eyes on a particular girl. And the reason why God's not opening any doors is God's waiting for you to get on the same spiritual level she's on. Why would God do that to a girl that's been praying and fasting and living her whole life clean and pure and living for God and a guy that just, he's just faking it until he makes it. No, God doesn't see the suit and the tie. God looks at the heart and he says, get intimate with me. Spend some time with me. Come on, let's give him praise right now. Well, 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 well. Pastor, 
right for me. Nobody does. The heart, according to Jeremiah 17, 9, is, say a little louder. I don't have my hearing aid in today. Say it loud enough for our visitors. They said it, not me. The heart is deceitful. David was going out to face the Philistines. What did he do? He had a prayer meeting. David at Ziklag. Everybody's distressed. Everybody's threatening to kill him. What does he do? He has a prayer meeting. He had that level of intimacy where he could get answers on the spot. I'm telling you, I'm not saying that David, that's what I'm trying to tell you. David is like us. The Bible said Elisha is like us, a man of like passion. I'm telling you, and God, did God not answer his request for fire? That means you and I have the same potential to have that kind of a relationship with God. But you're going to have to get away from the crowds. You're going to have to get away from all the voices. You're going to have to get away. You're going to have to prioritize that and say, I've got to have my secret place with my God. Let's do that right now. Come on, I'll get back to this message in a minute. But right now, I'm trying to connect somebody to a God that's, he misses his time with you. Our flesh tries to trick us. The devil tries to trick us into thinking we can still maintain that level. People come to this church and we love on them. Here, have some biscuits and gravy, have a cheeseburger. Let's just worship God. We're fostering all that because we want we want you to get together because once you connect with God, I'm out of the way. Now we're both running the aisles. No, we're both shouting. Now we're both. All of this is to facilitate a love affair, a relationship, because once you get intimate with God, there is no going back. There is no going back to television. There's no going back to movies. There's no going back to Hollyweird. There's no going back to sports. There's no going back to drugs. There's no going back to it. Once you make contact with the God of the universe, you will never be the same. Come on, clap your hands and give God the praise. Lift your voice like a trumpet. Let's give him glory. Let's give him praise. God wants to share a secret. David had a revelation about this. He also knew that to hide something from God is folly. Look at Proverbs 28 and 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. I wonder if the reason why you're saying, Pastor, I want a blessing, and Pastor, I need this, and, 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 and we're, we're with you. We're trying to work through it all. But I wonder if that's not really where the answer is. You're looking for a ball in the weeds. The answer is not here. The answer is between you and your God and getting alone with God. And then once you connect, whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. 
intimacy. 85% of Americans have cell phones. But on the other side of the scale, I'm not, and I'm not going to go there, but I got to get this out there because you got to understand where I'm at and what I'm trying to say. 85% of Americans have cell phones. But on the other side of the scale, sexual addiction is going up, 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 up. They're misusing their intimacy. Not going to go there this morning. That's that that demands more time. David had a revelation. But when David didn't go to battle at the time when kings go forth to battle and he stayed back his flesh messed him up. And you, you better understand, if you mess up, just make sure that if, if, you, if, 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 if you mess up with your flesh, there's, there's help. But Saul messed up with the doctrine. And God said, I've rejected him. You can't mess up with this doctrine. I'm going to say that again. You cannot mess up with this doctrine. There is one Lord. There is one faith. Ladies and gentlemen, there's only one doctrine. You can mess up with your flesh, and you and God can continue to keep walking, and you can get deliverance, and you can get the victory, and you can be an overcomer through the power of God. That baby is not crying because this message is not good. The baby is hungry. And really, that makes two of us. David said in Psalm 69 and 5, O oh God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. David was open, not with all Israel, with God. But he left us a record to prove to him that you weren't just seeing some religious person with robes, but you're recognizing that because he was honest with God, God said, I'm going to continue to forgive you. I'm going to continue to anoint you. I'm going to continue to go with you. He understood the secret of the Lord. My friend, Brother J.T. Pugh, one of the greatest apostolic preachers of the 20th century. He was on the, the general board. He was district superintendent. He was on everything at one time or another. Built a church in West Texas. Tremendous man of God. He wrote some incredible books that proved that he was a, a supernatural seer. You need to, we need to order these books for the bookstore. One of them is called The Flesh of God. And the other one is called The Wisdom of the Cross. We need to have those in the bookstore um, and make those available to this congregation. I've got both of them. You will be greatly blessed. Brother J.T. Pugh was, was preaching a large conference, several thousand people. And the man at the, uh, 
the man at the pulpit was introducing him, and he went right down everything that Brother Pugh had done. He's, he'd done everything. You know, district superintendent, blah, blah, blah. He just, he just, he did everything. He was an incredible man of God. And after about five minutes of this, he said, now here comes the man, Brother J.T. Pugh. And Brother Pugh tells the story, man. He just put up with this guy going on and on and on and on. He's great. He's big. He's right up there next to Moses and Elijah and blah, 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 blah. Brother J.T. Pugh is getting right out of his chair and the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, what if these people knew you like I did? You can talk about accolades. You can talk about all this, all this, all this stuff on a, on a person's tombstone and, and all the great thing. But God knows the truth and God knows the reality. And that man and his God understand. I have no right to stand up here. I have no claim to the anointing. I have no claim to any of this. But there's a God that I know and a God that I love. And that is the secret of the Lord. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. God wants us to trust him. Come boldly to the throne of grace. If you ever get to that level of relationship with God, there is no problem, no difficulty, no devil, no situation that can pull you out of this. God might have to send you a prophet. God might have to send the pastor with a word. But that's to bring you back to your place of the secret of the Lord. When we don't share our secrets with God, God responds. Psalm 90 and 8, thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. You know, repentance is different when you get caught. Saying you're sorry is different when you get caught. I'm not saying you're not sorry. It's not for me to say. But it has a different tone. It has a different effect. You see... I know this, this is going to be, this is being watched by people out there. Hello out there and wherever you're at. But there's probably somebody watching this this morning that doesn't want to come back to church because the devil's convinced you that you're a horrible person. This church is for horrible people. 
oh, you thought because we're wearing suits that we're good people. There's none that's good. There's none that's good. Ladies and gentlemen, it was the blood. It was the power of the Holy Ghost. Until you can come to grips with that, you're never going to enjoy what this is all about. This is not about that you're a good person. This is that God found me and God delivered me. And Somebody clap your hands right now. Somebody lift your voice. Somebody go ahead and give him praise that you realize that you have no right to be on that pew. But there is a God that called you out of darkness into this marvelous light that at one time were not a people, but now we're the people of God. It is folly to try to hide your sin from God. Mark chapter 4 and verse 22 says, For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. When somebody is actively involved in a sin, and the Bible says, just know this, your sin will find you out. There's only one way that that doesn't happen, and that's if it's covered. But if you're, if you're living a life and you've never dealt with that and, you, and, and, he, and you're there, that, that which was done in secret, the Bible said, will be shattered from the housetop. And that is not God trying to destroy you. That's God's last attempt to save you. He didn't want it to come out. He didn't want everybody to know about it. But you didn't go in secret. You didn't go to the God of the secret place and understand the secret of the Lord. And now that which was done in secret... Everybody knows. If you'd have just, Pastor, I see your old brother, what's his name up there? What's he doing singing up there? What do you mean, what's he doing up there? Well, he done this and this and this and this. You better just be careful God doesn't tell us this and this and this, what you're doing. When God forgives and restores, we ought to stand to our feet and clap our hands and say, God, thank you for keeping my stuff between you and me. Thank you for keeping my stuff. There's some people can't get real with this right now because they don't understand the dynamic of this. Honey, I'm not up here because I'm a graduate of a Bible college. I am appointed. I'm anointed. I'm doing this because it's the secret of the Lord. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Man, we had a bunch of people here two weeks ago. I can't tell you how many people were marking. About, about this group of people and just remarking about everything. Well, somebody, somebody must have given your church millions and, 
And you guys just must, must have special, special favor with the organization. You must just have, you know, friends in high places. You ready for my answer? We have a secret. I'll keep walking and I'll give him all the glory. Because both of us know I ain't got no right to do this. The minute you think that you're privileged enough to do this, the day is over. Clap your hands and give God the praise. I have no right to be doing this, but there is blood, there is water, there is spirit, and I have a prayer life. No human can stop it. No devil can stop it. You can look at the incomplete education and all the frailties. And he's, he's too boisterous and he's too this and he's too that and he's too this. God says, don't you dare. That's mine. Pastor, what's that sister doing up in the choir? What are you talking about? Well, she did this and did that and do this and do that. My response is, my God, if you paid that much attention to the Bible, you'd probably be running the aisles with us instead of letting me run these aisles by myself. Why don't we get our eyes off the people and get our eyes on God and realize ain't none of us here except by the power of the blood and the power of the word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody clap your hands. It's the secret. And as long as I'm intimate with God, rolling all over the floor with tears streaming down my eyes. Shh. It's the secret of the Lord. I remember when one time my pastor, I was just a new convert sitting on a pew. It's a dangerous thing when the pew starts lying to the pulpit. When, when a saint of God, when you actually are lying. Well, there was a husband and wife that dropped dead. One body and then the other body. It is, and Peter's like, God said, no, 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 no. They thought they were lying to you, but they lied to the Holy Ghost. There was a guy, my pastor tells a story that he was just in his office one day. And the Holy Ghost came on him and said, this married man is with this married woman. Don't gulp, because we'll probably hear it. Pastor called the guy up. Hey, brother. Where, where are you right now? 
Oh, pastor, I'm way up north picking up a used appliance. Pastor said, you're lying. Your car is parked around the corner of her house. You don't think God can be that real with a man of God. God wasn't doing that to destroy that man. God was doing that to not destroy a family and marriages. And Come on, somebody. You need to understand this is God's kingdom. This is God's business. That when we're not being honest with God, God says, that's all right. I'm going to pull the cover off and let people know you ain't getting around this. Instead of just hitting the altar and said, God, get it out of my heart. God, I've gone too far. God, get it out of my heart. And you and God work together and God deliver you. And now two families are still on their way to heaven. And two marriages are still intact. We were evangelizing. I'll never forget this as long as I live. We were evangelizing. And... uh her trailer was parked, and uh, a friend from the church wanted to come over and see me and came into the trailer, and he was just just distressed. Brother, man, I need you to pray with me. Brother, I need you to pray with me. I've never seen this, this friend of mine so distraught. And I said, well, what's going on? What's going on? He said, oh, he said, I'm just... I just, I, just, I just got some things I need to, God raked back the covering and showed me exactly what he had done. I never mentioned it to another human being. I only prayed with him according to what God showed me. The reason why we don't have more of the prophetical is because people can't keep their mouth shut. Is that too plain for you? This is why people preach and nothing happens. There's no giftedness in the spirit because God can't reveal to you where people are really at because you're going to go ahead and gossip and, hey, I just got to tell you something. I just, bah, 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 bah. You just, God can't use you anymore. There are things that God has showed me about people in this congregation I'll never tell another human being, not even my wife. My wife, she doesn't even bother me about it. She knows I'm not going to tell her. There's things that God shows me. I, it's just between me and God. But that helps me to pray for them, and that helps me to minister in such a way, and that helps us to move in such a direction. God is not interested in destroying people. God is, not in, God is trying to use us to avoid a disaster. never been able to carry a secret with God. Let me encourage you to keep praying till you get to that level because it will radically change your Christianity. Shh. Let's just lift our hands and love him for a minute.
You see, your greatest testimony is supposed to be a secret. And that becomes the fundamental basis between you and God. There's nothing in me that's great. God says, that's right. But I'm going to anoint you far beyond anything you've ever felt before because you walk in that understanding. Somebody has a struggle with something. Oh, honey, I wonder what they're battling. You know, they're, and, then, and, then, and then they start prying. And then they start, just leave them alone. There's some things just ain't none of your business. Wow. Man, I stepped. There's some things that are none. Well, pastor, I want to know. And I'm going to find out. And I know just who to call. There's sister so-and-so, sister so-and-so, a brother, sister, brother. Please don't do that. Just pray for him. Is this all right? Pastor, this is going out on Sunday. Good. Maybe somebody's watching this saying, that's just the kind of church I'm looking for. I'm tired of the gossip. I'm tired of people in the church all thinking stuff that shouldn't even be talking about stuff. If you're big enough to talk about somebody, God's going to hold you responsible to pray. Come on, clap your hands and give God the praise. That's the kind of church I'm looking for. Hallelujah. There is an incredible passage of Scripture that underscores what I'm trying to say here today. It's found in the book of Leviticus, chapter number 18, if you'll help us out, Brother Malachi. We're going to start reading here in verse number 4. You shall do my judgments and keep mine ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes, my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. Look at verse number six. We're going to start reading through this. None of you shall approach to any that is near of kin to him to uncover his nakedness. I am the Lord. The nakedness of thy father or the nakedness of thy mother thou shalt not uncover she is thy mother, thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife shalt thou now uncover is thy father's nakedness. The nakedness of thy sister, the daughter of thy father or daughter of thy mother, wherein she is born at home or born abroad, even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover. The nakedness of thy son's daughter or of thy daughter's daughter, even their nakedness shalt thou not uncover, for, the, for theirs is thine own nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife's daughter, begotten of thy father, she is thy sister, 
thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's sister. She is thy father's near kinswoman. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy mother's sister, for she is thy mother's near kinswoman. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's brother. Thou shalt not approach to his wife. She is thine aunt. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy daughter-in-law. She is thy uh, nakedness, 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 nakedness. What is the deal about this nakedness? To uncover a human being is exactly the sum total purpose of Satan is to strip a human being of all dignity so that their shame of their nakedness does appear to all. Let's go to this scripture real quick there, Brother Malachi. Uh, go to Psalm 32 and 1. Watch this. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Y'all see that? It ain't none of your business where they did it, who they did it with, how many times they did it, where they did it, when they did it. Why don't you get in the altar and pray about a lost world and quit trying to uncover a brother or a sister? You can't look under the blood. That's exactly what the devil does. It is an abomination to lift off the blood and review a person's sin that's already been covered. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Blessed. This is one of David's psalms. Here he is again. He understood. Blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven, and his sin is covered. Satan loves to, he loves nakedness. That's why he loves pornography. He loves nakedness because it is the shame and the ridicule, the open ridicule of a human being. Hey, pastor, yeah, I heard about old brother so-and-so. Pastor, you going to tell me anything? You're not going to make me guilty of trying to peek underneath that blood to that sin that's already been covered. That's why it says in the book of Revelation, they overcame the devil that accused them day and night by the blood of the lamb and their word of their testimony. Satan, you may have had last week, you may have had Friday night, you may have had yesterday, but you ain't got today. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. It's the secret of the Lord. This is a fundamental revelation. If you're going to be, if you're going to do something for God, you're going to have to get this revelation because ain't nobody good enough to get there.
I'll close with this story. My pastor told a story at a large conference. And when he told the story, he said there was almost like, it's almost like he could hear the cackles of doubt. My pastor um, grew up in a small farming community in California. It was Kerman, Kerman, California. I don't even know where it is. I couldn't even spell it up until recently. Kerman, California. He said there was only two guys in his youth group. There was Brother Wilson and Brother Randy Keyes were the two guys in the youth group. Both became incredibly influential and powerful powerful in the apostolic world. But at the time, they were in a youth group in Kerman, California. They were the only two guys in this youth group. And they had a youth leader in Kerman, California. Farming community. I think they, they're known for growing almonds in the Central Valley. And their youth leader was a younger man, had a pretty wife, had a couple children, and did his best to try to corral Brother Wilson, Brother Keys, and I can only imagine what that was like. But nonetheless, time passed, and Brother Wilson and Brother Keys grew up and entered full-time ministry, and the man that was the youth leader he left his beautiful wife and left his two children and moved to San Francisco and became a full-blown homosexual. He um, was there for many, many, many years. Brother Wilson told the story that he had just completely lost contact of the man, never even you know, just one of those things, you know, people go different directions and you just never hear the person's name. You have no idea where they are, what they're doing, all that kind of stuff. One day, Brother Wilson was pastoring in Sacramento. Um, he got a phone call from Brother Price, district superintendent, Brother Paul Price. And Brother Price wanted, was asking Brother Wilson and Brother Keys since they had some kind of history with this man to go and pray for him. He was in the latter stages of dying of AIDS in a Victorian boarding house um, in the Castro District of California of San Francisco. So Brother Wilson told the story. He's telling this story to this huge thousand, several thousand people in this conference. He's telling this story that he hadn't seen this man in many, 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 many years. And now he's going to pray for him. And he had 17 different diseases raging in his body because of the AIDS that had lowered his immunity. And one of those was he had an eye condition that he could barely, barely see. And they went and they prayed. They pulled up to this 
boarding house, Victorian boarding house in the Castro District. That's a famous district in San Francisco that's completely given over to um, alternative living and that kind of thing. And they started walking up, and he was saying they started walking up the creaky steps, you know, old Victorian wood steps, creak, 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 and walked in the front door, big brass round knob, turned it, walked in, and he was still several flights up, and they walked up to where the man's room was, and they knocked on the door, and they heard all kinds of some laughter, and somebody said, who is it? They said, it's Brother Wilson and Brother Keys, and there was more laughter, and the door opened, and this man, his, his friends that had been visiting him filed out and walked back down the stairs. Brother Wilson said that when he looked at this man, he was so emaciated. His body was skin and bones. His, um, there's a skin cancer that is, that is very predominant with AIDS patients. Carposi's sarcoma had big, huge open wounds on his, on his skin and on his arms. And they greeted him when they came in. Brother Wilson, they tried to make small talk with him. And the man said, thank you for coming. Thank you. Would you pray for me? And Brother Wilson said, him and Brother Keys said, yes, we will pray for you. And they all began to pray. And this man just barely had enough strength to lift his emaciated arms. And they laid hands on this man. And Brother Wilson said, it was almost as if angels started filing in by the hundreds into that room. Your skin just began to crawl by the presence. And if you've ever felt the presence of an angel, Brother Wilson said that room just became absolutely supernaturally charged. And he said they began to pray with this man. And he said, as fluent as they've ever heard a human being being filled with the Spirit of God, this man began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And he said, we just all began to worship together. Here's two preachers from the man's earlier life, and now a man dying of AIDS, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. They all worshiped. They all praised God. They said their goodbyes. And Brother Wilson stood in front of this huge meeting and said several days after that, this man gave up the ghost and went out into eternity to meet his God. Are you, are you saying that guy was saved? Shh. Let's lift our hands. It's the secret. 
you have no idea how many hours he probably spent in repentance before his God. There ought to be somebody lifting their voice right now saying, there's still hope for me. Oh, yes, there's more than hope. There's more than hope. There's more than hope. Let's stand. The secret. I would prefer not to have any music here this afternoon. But I just wonder how many under the sound of my voice need to reestablish their intimacy with a God that's already paid the price to get us all the way. Somebody said, well, I believe that our sins were paid for once we were baptized. I believe that. What about future sins? I believe that if there's confession and repentance, that every single sin that a human being could possibly be capable of has already been paid for because he paid sins for the whole world. Let's lift our hands. You're welcome to come on down to the altar if you want to pray down here. With honesty is a premium with God. Transparency is a premium with God. The secret of the Lord. David said, I talked about my iniquities. I talked about my transgressions. I talked about my sins. But if I'll continue to revere God, he will show me his secret. That it's not about you. It never was about you. I just need somebody to be honest. I'm just looking for somebody to be honest that could trust me and be open and be honest. This altar's open for the secret of the Lord. Come on, friend. Find a place to pray. Find a place of humility and transparency with a God that sees everything, knows everything.